Hello and welcome to the latest episode of What the Fintech, the podcast from the team behind Fintech Futures and the Banking Technology Magazine. My name is Paul Hindle, editor of Fintech Futures, and our guest for this episode is Greg Palmer, Vice President and Host of Finnovate. Greg, how are you? Doing well. Thanks, Paul. Pleasure to be here. It's great to have you here. And just to get started then, would you like to quickly introduce yourself to our listeners and with a bit about your role and what you're up to at the moment? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm with Finnovate, as you mentioned. Finnovate is a demo-first showcase of new innovations in financial and banking technology. I've been with Finnovate for, man, an alarmingly large amount of time, about 10 years, 11 years, actually, if I stop and count. And really what makes our show so unique is that we build everything around these live seven-minute demos of innovative fintech. So when we say live demos, we mean no slides allowed, no canned video allowed. We want to just see the actual technology up there on the screen working. And of course, the companies only have seven minutes to do it. So we have a lot of additional content outside of those demos, but those demos are what have really made Finnovate what it is. And that's our claim to fame. And so it's always exciting for us to get a chance to put on one of our shows and give a group of companies a chance to express themselves and show the industry what they can do. Excellent. Thanks for that. And we will be aiming to discuss the upcoming Finnovate Fall event as well coming soon. So that will be taking place in New York between the 12th and the 14th of September. So we'll be hearing a bit more about some of the demos and talks taking place at the event, um, some of the fintech discussions and upcoming technologies that uh, you, yourself, Greg, are, are most excited about, um, and just a general taster of what's coming up in terms of new initiatives lined up for this next conference as well. So, But first, as always, we tend to start these with our news in numbers segments. This is where our guest has gone out and found a new story featuring an interesting number to discuss and get us started. So, so Greg, what have you brought along for us today? Yeah, so unsurprisingly, I've chosen some stats around our Finnovate presenter lineup this time around. I think there's some really interesting numbers that we can talk about. You know, the first one is 50% of our presenter lineup is less than four years old, which is a very high number to have that many companies to be that young. 60% of our companies who are demoing at Finnovate Fall this year have never been on stage at any Finnovate event before. And 70% of our demo lineup will be launching brand new companies or technologies. So all of these numbers are higher than usual. You know, as I said, we've been running these shows for over 10 years now. And this is certainly on the high side of seeing some really young companies, some companies that we haven't had on our stage before, and obviously some product and company launches, which makes it really exciting. I think overall, this speaks to where the industry is at right now. There's just a little bit more of an emphasis on some of these early stage companies and we're definitely seeing that at our show yeah for sure i mean i guess it's good for the fintech industry as a whole right because it suggests that a lot of new companies are coming up and wanting to showcase all their new technologies and stuff right i mean is this something you're keen to foster with finnovate as well making it a place for new companies to, to come and get involved and showcase themselves Absolutely. And we've taken a couple of steps to make sure that the show is really appealing to those early stage companies. We've launched a new initiative called Startup Booster, which is designed to go out and help really early stage companies, maybe companies who are even too young to get up on our main stage, but to help those companies come in, network with some people and connect them with some venture capitalists who can then obviously take them to the next level. So we really look at the industry from a kind of grassroots level on up, and we view our role as being supportive to those early stage companies that are coming in, giving them access to the tools they need to be successful with an eye, of course, on creating technologies that will look good on our main stage, but also that will have a really big impact on the industry as a whole. 
And I think one of the things that we saw towards 2018, 2019, we were seeing a little bit more emphasis in the industry placed on going after some proven winners, looking at companies who are raising really huge Series C amounts. There obviously was a ton of VC funding going into the space, but a lot of it was going to companies that had already separated themselves from the pack that had gotten to the top of the pile a little bit. And so it's nice to see now the industry kind of coming back and looking at more of those younger companies looking for prospecting that goes into creating that next wave of unicorns. So right now, it's a little bit more open than we've seen in a couple of years. There's more emphasis on these kind of younger companies. And I think that's really exciting. I think that's a really positive thing for the industry overall, because it means there's about to be a wave of new ideas and new technologies that'll be released and make the bank's lives easier. And of course, the end customer's lives easier as well. Yeah, it certainly makes you optimistic, I think, for the future of the industry. I mean, you mentioned these numbers are higher than usual. Do you expect this to continue at this level? Or do you even expect these numbers to grow potentially going forward? You know, it's tough to say. What we kind of notice is that there's a little bit of a pendulum swinging back and forth between early stage funding and then the more later stage funding. There tends to be these cycles that come through where the industry takes a crop of young companies, funds them all to a small degree, lets them sort of battle it out and gradually winnow down this larger pool into a couple of winners. And then the cycle repeats itself. So it's tough to say right now. I could certainly imagine there there would be more emphasis on this kind of continued exploration of prospecting these young companies because so many problems got uncovered over the course of the pandemic. There's so many challenges that really became apparent. And so whenever you see a wave of new challenges, you're going to see a corresponding wave of new technologies that will attempt to solve those challenges. And so I think that's what we're seeing right now. Is that wave cresting? I don't know. I think probably there's more to be done. And I think it really depends on how the venture capital community views the current environment. If this is something that they think they want to try and continue to go looking for more companies, I think we probably should. You know, My read on it is that we need a little bit more of that. But I think it really comes down to how the VC community sees the current situation and where they want to decide to allocate their funds. Here we are in part two of the podcast. This is our more interview style section where we focus the discussion into a specific industry topic or sector. So we're going to jump straight into our main topic of the day, which will be Finnovate Fall, as we mentioned at the top of the show, upcoming in September, and try and cover as much as we can in the time that we have. So, Greg, then with Finnovate Fall on the horizon, how's everything going then in terms of preparation? Yeah, it's coming together really nicely. This is going to be our first show in New York kind of post pandemic. We were able to run Affinivate Fall last year in 2021. That was between COVID waves and we were very fortunate to be able to slide the event in there. But obviously there were a lot of companies and particularly some of the more established firms that weren't allowing their employees to travel yet. So it was a little bit of a smaller show. This year, we are getting back to those pre-pandemic numbers, which is really great to see. We've got quite a few attendees already registered. The presenter lineup is looking really strong. And we are closing in on getting all of the top 20 banks, the top 20 largest banks in the U.S. registered for the show. And of course, there's a number of smaller community banks and credit unions and things like that. We really love to see this diversity of financial institution at the event. That's what makes it really interesting for the presenters and other folks who are there 
There's so many different challenges that financial institutions of different sizes need to be able to address. And having all of those people, all those different groups in one room is what really makes Finnovate fun. And so we're excited to be able to get back there. And obviously the preparations are currently well underway. We're getting close to the event here, but it's coming together really nicely. This should be a really fun one for us. Sounds great. And you've been helping the delegates that will be demoing the conference as well with their presentations. So can you give us a taste of what you have in store there? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things I do with all of the companies who come on our stage is I give them a little bit of coaching advice on just how to present yourselves when you get up there. Obviously, it's not easy to deliver your entire company's message in just seven minutes. This takes a little bit of work, but I think one of the things that I really enjoy is getting the chance to work with some of those companies ahead of time. And one of the things that I firmly believe is that anybody can give a productive seven minute pitch. You don't have to love it. You don't have to be good at it and to be effective at advancing your strategic goals. And so that's really what I look at. I'm limited in what I can say about the individual demos themselves. A lot of the companies want to try and keep some of the, uh, the specifics of what they're going to be showing under wraps. But I can say we're seeing a very strong variety in terms of the demoing companies that we have. They're coming from all different kinds of angles. Some are focusing on personal finance and wealth building space. Some of them are on the back end, KYC, regulatory space. We're seeing people who are engaging with cryptocurrencies in unique ways. So I think there's quite a bit. And one of the pieces that continues to be a real hot topic in fintech is small business banking. This is another area where we've seen some real pain points come up over the last couple of years. And a lot of people have responded to those pain points by inventing new products. So I think we're going to see quite a few people talking about that as well. But really, it's the variety, I think, that makes it the most fun. So many different types of technologies that will be on display that I think is, again, really good for the industry overall and should make it a fun couple of days for the people in the audience. And given the high-level composition of the demo lineup this year, we've discussed about it at the top of the show, but what do you think that is then saying about the industry at the moment? Yeah, so I think there's two different ways. We've talked about it from what it says about the venture capital cycle that we're in, which I think it, it does say some interesting things about seeing so many young companies. Another interesting piece to point to, we're seeing companies from all across the United States. You know, There used to be more of a concentration in terms of where these companies were coming from. You'd see a lot of them coming from the sort of innovation centers on the two coasts and not so much from the middle of the country. Now we're seeing these companies coming from all over, which I think is also a really positive thing. It's no longer just the Bay Area, just the New York area. We're seeing companies coming in from Midwestern states, from the middle of the country, from places that we don't typically see a lot of fintech companies out of it. And I think that's really good as well, because you know you get a really skewed vision of what the problems are to be solved if your industry is only operating in a couple of key areas. So getting more companies coming from more parts of the country, I think, is really strong. I think it also speaks to, in terms of kind of the subject matter that the companies are focusing on, again, it shows you where the pain points are. You've got a couple of challenges. And I think one of the things we've seen, I talked about the small business community needing some extra help. Obviously, individuals need help as well. We're in this really crucial inflection point where customers are starting to raise their hand and say, hey, here's what we need help with. Are you, as a bank, going to help me with that? Or do I need to get that service from somebody else? And there's the enemies at the gates, if you will. There's these large tech firms who are sort of right outside who are eager to get the opportunity to come in and offer some of these services in a very customer pleasing way. 
And so right now there's a lot of pressure on the fintech industry to be able to deliver the experiences that customers need, to be able to look at these pain points and say, we can help you with that. And, and really just to reaffirm to people that we as your bank are your ally. We have your back. We understand the challenges that you're facing and we're going to do our best to help you with that. This is a really critical inflection point because there are more options every single day. More digital banks are opening up, more banking as a service platforms are creating the ability for non-banks to offer bank-like services. And so the, the fight for relevancy in the customer's mind is gonna be something that we really need to watch as well. And, and we're seeing a lot of that through the demos that we see uh, on stage at Finnovate too. So, so many interesting things to keep an eye on here. We really are at a moment where there's quite a bit of flux and I think it's going to be fascinating to watch how the industry responds, how other industries respond. And of course, through it all, it all comes down to the good ideas that can come from any number of sources, whether it's a large established fintech provider or the classic two guys in a garage startup kind of situation and anywhere in between. So there's certainly no shortage of interesting angles or threads to pull on as you look at where the industry is at the moment. Yeah, for sure. Sounds sounds great. And I know you obviously mentioned that you can't go into too much detail in terms of the tech use cases that some of the demoers are doing. But for you personally, what new developments in general in fintech are you most excited about? Yeah, so I think for me, the things that I really enjoy, I love the trend towards personalization, towards the idea of giving every individual user a unique experience with their financial institution. And obviously, this doesn't mean it needs to look and feel completely different from one user to another. But you know, the idea we have the technology now to really understand our customers in a way that we couldn't do even five years ago. And to be able to take that information and turn it into something which gives each individual a unique experience, a unique product offerings and things along those lines, I think is going to be really helpful. So I love to see that personalization side of it. I think we are growing as a consumer base to expect to be treated and seen as individuals. So I think that's something which is really positive. I think also, I, I talked about it earlier, but I love to see the small business banking going on. I think that's such a crucial piece of just the fabric of our society. We need healthy small businesses in order to live in the world that we want to live in. And so it's nice to see the industry supporting those types of organizations as well. This is, again, outside of the tech industry, this is where good ideas come to your city, right? You want to have people who are able to make you delicious foods in a restaurant that they open up or be able to offer you services in your community because they're really good at building decks or doing the siding on your house or whatever the case may be. So when I look at the two places where fintech really has the ability to improve the quality of life of people overall, I think those are two that come immediately to mind, the personalization side, the small business side. And then outside of that, one that I've enjoyed following for a very long time now is looking at financial inclusion. There's still just a shocking number of people who are excluded from access to even basic financial services. And so for us as an industry to be able to look at those people and start to offer them services is really positive as well. And we're seeing some companies who are doing really strong things in that area right now, which is really, again, really good. It's good for the entire industry. It's good for the world at large. And I think what we're seeing now is a realization in the fintech community that this is not charity. You know, these are new customers that we can go out, new potential lending opportunities that we can go out and find. And so you're finding now there's this pressure on financial institutions who want to grow to be able to do that in a way that goes out and brings more people in. And I think that's going to be the best 
avenue for growth. I think there's a lot of profit in it for companies who can do that well. All of those trends, I think, are really positive. And they all really boil down to just improving the overall quality of life for people who need it, right? Again, it comes back to just offering help to groups of people in a situation where they need that help to create strong financial wellness in our community in a variety of ways. Sounds great. And as well as the demos at the conference then this year, I mean, you mentioned the top of the shows where you've got top 20 US banks turning up as well. So can you talk us through some of the other speakers that you've got presenting this year? Yeah, absolutely. So a couple of interesting sessions that we can highlight here. I think there's some really popular ones that we've traditionally done. We've got the Analyst All-Stars, which we'll be doing again, which is a chance for some of the people who, as the name would suggest, intelligent analysts who are coming in and sharing their thoughts on where the industry is at the moment. That's always a good one. The Investor All-Stars panel is another one. We're going to have a lot of really accomplished venture capitalists up on stage sharing their thoughts. I think that's going to be really interesting because, as I said earlier, so much of what the next couple of months or years look like in fintech is going to come from the decisions that the venture capital community makes. So I'm really excited to hear what that group thinks. We're also really fortunate to be running a session with the CFPB, the regulatory agency here in the U.S., and it's something which we appreciate them coming to us and wanting to engage with our audiences because you know the more regulators work with the community that they serve the easier it is on all sides for people to understand the laws and the regulations that are being implemented to start to try and figure out how they can accomplish those goals from a tech standpoint so that's another one that we're really excited to have you know we're trying something new with them they're going to have a lunch session with us a chance to kind of for people to come in and meet the regulators, ask some questions and hear about potential new changes that are coming. And then the last one, we've got a, a really strong keynoter. James Robert Lay is somebody who I've known for a little bit now. He was a guest on the podcast, uh, the Finnovate podcast, I should say. And he's going to be doing a session on digital growth and more broadly how to think about it. So a lot of really intelligent people coming in, approaching things from a variety of different angles. Between the analysts, the venture capitalists, and the regulators, you're going to have three very different views on where fintech is going. And I think for anybody who's able to catch all three sessions, there's going to be so much to learn. Sounds good. And for you personally, then, if you had to pick one, which of the sessions do you think you're most looking forward to? You know, I always like the analyst all-stars. I think that's really fun. What amazes me is that just like with the demoing companies, they only have seven minutes. And so we give them a lot of flexibility to talk about what do you think are the most important things that the audience needs to know about right now in just seven minutes. And I'm always fascinated by not only the work that goes into creating those presentations, but the subject matter that they choose to present on, I think is really interesting. So I love to hear that perspective. I think it's a really fun one. And I think it's also, it's fun for us to be able to put the analysts on the same clock that our demoing companies get, let them play with that seven minute deadline and see how they can do. It's typically a very fast moving, very fun session. And I always learn a lot. That's always one of the sessions that I'll go back and watch a second or even a third time after the event, just to make sure I've really captured everything that they said, because so much information happens so quickly in those sessions. Excellent. That sounds good. I'm looking forward to that one as well myself. I remember the one at Finnovate Spring actually was, uh, was really interesting as well. So um, yeah, it should be, should be good. You mentioned as well that you've Finnovate has been going now for 10 years. You're always looking to evolve and keep things fresh. So, so what new initiatives have you got in store for the New York audience? Yeah. So, I mean, I mentioned the Startup Booster. That's the biggest new thing that we're really playing around with this year. We 
tried it at Finnovate Spring earlier in San Francisco, and it was a huge success. We were really surprised by not only the number of startups who wanted to get involved, but by the number of venture capitalists who wanted to get involved as well. That session ended up being the last session to close down that day because the conversation just kept going. So I'm excited about that. I think the New York audience is going to really enjoy that. The other piece which I should mention here is that we're going to be running the Finnovate Awards over the same time as Finnovate Falls. So on that middle night, on the 13th, we'll be having our awards ceremony, recognizing some of the companies who maybe aren't able to get up on stage and do a demo with us, but are still really instrumental in bringing new technology to the marketplace. We'll be having that award ceremony on the night of the 13th. And that's going to be a really fun one. That's a, a rooftop bar in Midtown. It's going to be a lot of party games, some entertainment. Obviously, we'll be passing out some trophies there as well. But I think that's designed to be something that's really just very enjoyable for anybody who is able to come. We expect most of the attendees to be people who are finalists, of course. But we are seeing um, a lot of folks who want to come and just network with that group of finalists. So that's going to be a fun one as well. Um, and, you know, we're, we're trying out a different format. This is not going to be your kind of typical awards show format. We're going to be doing something that's a little bit different, greater emphasis on the networking side of it, on making sure everybody has a good time. And so I think for anybody who's interested in learning more about it, check us out at finnovateawards.com. But that's going to be, again, a pretty new style for us. Um, hopefully it works for going out on a limb just a little bit. But, you know, I really am excited about it because, at the end of the day, if you're a finalist for an awards, your category gets announced first and you don't win, that can turn into a bummer of an evening. And so we're making sure that even if companies don't win, they still have an enjoyable and productive evening. And of course, some classy booze on the rooftop at bar kind of setting should really help with that too. Sounds good. And just to quickly wrap this section up then, what does the future look like for Innovate and what can we expect in the next few years and beyond that? Yeah, well, I mean, we'll keep doing what we've been doing as far as highlighting new companies, new technologies and putting them up in front of a room full of people who need those technologies. So in many ways, Finnovate is kind of a, we hold a mirror up to the industry. So a lot of what our conferences look like depends on where the industry is at. Certainly, we'll do our part to support those younger companies. We'll look at keep continuing to foster an inclusive and diverse fintech ecosystem. But I mean, from our standpoint, really, it all comes down to who we can put up on stage, where the innovation is coming from. So hopefully, as I said earlier, hopefully we'll see this trend of more younger companies getting seed rounds and series A's. Hopefully we see that trend continue. We see more companies get that little bit of funding they need to incubate their ideas. And that'll be really positive for the industry overall and, of course, good for us. But from our standpoint, we look to just continue to find new speakers, new companies, new ideas to showcase. And that's really where we need to be to keep our shows fresh, to keep attendees continuing to come back and finding that the shows are valuable for them. So ultimately, that's our challenge, right? Making sure that we're picking the interesting, cutting-edge pieces out of the fintech industry and putting them on display. That's what we'll continue to do. Hopefully, we'll continue to see a lot of new content coming in. Here we are in part three of the podcast. This is our FinTech Jail. This is where we ask for an industry term, buzzword or trend that our guest has seen or heard enough of. We then debate whether it deserves a place in the jail or if it's already there, whether it needs an extended sentence 
or of course, I guess, can argue to free one of the previously incarcerated terms. So, Greg, which buzzword do you want to hand the sentence to today? Well, first I'll say I would never free a term from the fintech jail. If you're in the fintech jail, you're there for a reason. It's far be it from me to, to save anybody, but I'm excited about this one. This is one that I've heard too many times over the course of my time at Finnovate. This is more for companies who are demoing or pitching themselves, but a lot of them will use a phrase to describe themselves as we are the Uber of blank, you know, whatever that might be. We're the Uber of crypto payments. We're the Uber of credit cards or we're the Expedia of whatever. And that always grates me. That always rubs me the wrong way. You're not Uber. You're not the Uber of anything else. You're your own company. And if you can't explain your value proposition without leaning on somebody else's company, then you really need to go back to the drawing board and think about what your high level value proposition really is. I think that this is, it's a cop out, it's too easy, and it doesn't ultimately advance the audience's understanding of who you are or what you do. So I think that term should be jailed. You're not the Uber of anything. You're your own company and you need to explain it to me in those terms. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I've seen a, I've seen this crop up in a few press releases before actually. So it's, um, yeah, I'm not, not a particular fan of it myself either, but I mean, you've mentioned that you've heard it said a few times before, obviously you're working with, with the demo. Is this something that when you do catch, you just try and coach it out of them? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Anybody who mentions it to me on a rehearsal call will hear me say that you shouldn't think of yourselves in that way. And it is something which I think it's fun to say that you shouldn't say this, right? It's fun to put terms in the fintech jail, but I really do believe that it undercuts your own message if you have to explain it in that way. And so companies who do that, maybe this is this comes from the fact that it helps when you're grabbing a venture capitalist attention and you only have 30 seconds, you need to have some sort of punchy phrase along these lines. I could see that being the case. But even then, you need to really quickly abandon that language because it's ultimately not going to help you attract customers from the banking side or from the end user side. So if that is something which you've said, you want to stop saying it. If you're planning on doing a presentation in front of a group of people, you definitely want to make sure it's not included there. It really is something which only adds to the audience's confusion, not their understanding of you. Yeah, for sure. It, I mean, it reminds me of almost like a, an offshoot of the Hollywood movie pitches, right? When they always used to say, try and make your pitches as snappy as possible. And then you always used to hear things about people saying the, the films would die hard on a boat or die hard on a train, right? Just to make it really easy for people to understand. But I completely agree in terms of these companies are their own companies. They're doing their own thing. And there's just not really enough weight but, but behind the saying. So I'm quite happy to give this one a sentence in the jail. Um, I mean, is there anything you want to just uh, quickly round up on, on this one? Yeah, at the end of the day, it really is all about representing yourself well from stage. It's about giving the audience a reason to care about you. You don't want to use buzzwords. You don't want to use these kind of cheater phrases like Uber of X. You want to be able to represent yourself in that way. And this is something which we're offering, by the way, um, outside of the Finnovate events. I do this demo coaching and pitch coaching. So anybody who's interested in learning more about that, if you've got a presentation coming up and would like a little bit of help, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. I've seen so many bad demos and bad pitches. Anything I can do to help prevent that from happening, it really, again, comes down to just getting up on stage, being confident. And there's so many different tips and techniques you can use to get yourself ready for that moment without needing to use phrases like the Uber of X. And that is all we have time for this episode. Thank you so much, Greg, for joining me. Is there anything you want to say before we finish? 
Yeah, thanks, Paul. Really appreciate the opportunity. Thanks so much for having me. And of course, hope to see everybody who can make it at Finnovate Fall this year. Again, it's going to be a really fun show. September 12th through the 14th, the Finnovate Awards will be the night of September 13th. That should be a really fun event as well. It's going to be a big one, a chance for people to come and get together in a way that they haven't in a little bit. So come on out. If you're able to make it, it's going to be a really exciting show. Excellent. Thanks. Uh, thanks again so much, Greg, for joining us. As for Fintech Futures, you can find us online at www.fintechfutures.com, on Twitter at Fintech Futures, and of course on LinkedIn. If you like this podcast and our other episodes, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or your favorite podcasting service to get notified about future episodes. As always, thank you very much for your support, and we'll see you again soon for another episode of What the Fintech. But until then, goodbye.